The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Recording is now in progress. Indeed. Hello. Previously on X Men. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Astrolab. This is Joe. This is Scott. Um, what do we have to talk about this week? Because we've been playing some events. We played a couple events uh, here or there. Uh, Scott went out and played Popper last night, or not last night, but uh, Friday night. Uh, yeah. I played Vintage yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so you got, you got you got better prices than I did. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so TSIs or TSIs are so let me just uh, kind of back up for a second. Uh, this was right. our um, actually, it's not just a regular TSI, it's what we call our HSI, which is the uh, Hazard Series Invitational centered around uh, one of our members' uh, birthdays, uh, by the name of Matt Hazard. Uh, so it's this is his birthday on Friday. And Sweet. so that we do the the Hazard Invitational uh, around his birthday around there. And so the way that um, TSI prizing always works is that everyone brings a prize that's around $25 at least, you know, has to be around $25 or, or higher, you know, depending on how deep you want to go. Uh, and it's based on prize drafting. So uh, what we did this time, which actually made a lot more sense so that people could like bomb out if they wanted to or if they wanted to leave or if they had to something or if they wanted to go do something else was we had the top eight players uh pull aside eight prizes eight the eight best prizes on the table uh and then they were going to play a top eight and dra- prize draft out of that and oh, then we prize okay. draft and then we prize draft the rest of the prizes for based on standing so that's that's kind of how it works like it, it works that, that on fair. yeah yeah it's it's super fair and it gives people a chance to kind of like you're you're never gonna walk away with something bad right like out of it like you're always gonna walk away with something interesting um so i was i placed 18th uh i was i went two three in the event uh but to be fair like i hadn't played it i hadn't played in a little while so um there was like a little bit of that and there was also a little bit of remembering how to play certain cards uh and also play i was playing a blue deck and blue decks are hard honestly in that format like playing just like a straight fair blue deck in that format it's pretty difficult because there's a lot of uh micro sequencing and micro decisions and now what barbie says about magic blue decks are hard uh, i don't know but it, it's it's one of those things where especially in like vintage like playing a blue deck in vintage is like pretty difficult like you have to like really line up your sequencing right uh to know you know and even the smallest micro decision could make or break the game like so that's just kind of how it goes i did run into two modern, modern feels the same way by the way uh yeah but like in vintage it's like even down to like in just the minutest individual spell sequencing sure to where like oh man maybe i shouldn't have played this luster storm or you know maybe i should have you know not played this spell or you know or i shouldn't have tried to protect this uh and just let it go or you know it's, it's there's a lot of like little things like that and 
Uh, honestly, my blue mirrors, I think, were better than... So I, I played against Oath in round one uh, and got Oath in game one. And even though like game one seemed like it was pretty good, going pretty good for me, and then they landed an Oath, and I wasn't sure what their Oath target was. I think it was Gristle Brand. I think I would have been okay. Uh, but they Oathed into Tide Spout Tyrant. <laughs> And I just, I couldn't win at that point. They just proceeded to bounce everything on my board and I just had no, no board presence whatsoever. And I, I'm, so for the record, I played, um, the rug, uh, death, right. Uh, planeswalker list. Uh, so it's basically a rug deck, uh, but it plays for death, right. Uh, and you play an underground sea to enable the death, right to activate its other ability. Um, but you're playing basically. I, I kind of referred to it as Scott. These are all the cards that are just absolutely banned in Legacy, yeah. Uh, because it's playing Deathrite and Ragavan and Ren and Six and Oko and <laughs> like just all these cards that are just absolutely just banned for whatever reason in Legacy. Uh, so that sounds like a good time, actually. It actually, you know what? I, I haven't played with Deathrite in a long time, and I actually really realized how much I miss playing with that card. <laughs> Like that card is super fun to play with, honestly. Can you imagine uh, if those two cards were legal outside of vintage? Yeah, I don't think they could ever be that legal. I think that Deathrite and Vintage is at least fair, which is so right. strange to think, but it's just fine. So is Oko. Like Oko's just like he's just okay. Like in right. Vintage. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking Deathrite and Ren and Six. Yeah, Ren and Six like, is don't want to eat this land for me with my creature, or do I want to pick it up with Ren and Six? Like, uh, you know. yeah, so um, but yeah, so I played against Oath, uh, and uh yeah, so I got Oath, and then game two I had a just basically just a good amount of mana denial and a good amount of uh just stuff going on to be able to push the game through. Uh and by the time they got an Oath in play, I was able to land an Oko and uh, turn their Tidespot Tyrant into an Elk. And then I was able to keep parity uh, on creatures to where it didn't matter that they had uh, a 3-3. So they kept attacking me, and eventually I was using like food to like uh, stabilize and then just like killing their... And then I was able to just murder them. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. And then uh, Game 3 was like, this was the round that I think I was like, it was like, it was like, I got punished the rest of the event for the, how good the last game of the first round was <laughs> because uh, that the game three of that was when I got, to, I got to push, put all, pull off a, uh, a Ren and six ultimate uh, with an ancestral in the graveyard uh, and like three or four lands in my hand. So my, my opponent went to go resolve something and I was just like uh, cast ancestral. They're like, yeah, I'm like cast ancestral uh, force your thing. Uh, and it's just like I had a hand that was just stacked full of counter magic because I drew six cards <laughs> in one turn and I drew more lands. So I could have just casted it again. And when they finally got to a point where they were able to like jam an oath into play, I'm like cast this force of vigor from my graveyard. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. So it was it was absolutely absurd. And I I, I dug it. I did get to um, so uh, my creature base. I did play uh, in addition to the death rites and the ragabands. I did play two copies of the new card Mercurial Spell Spell Dancer from Fraxio because uh, I was curious. I wanted to see what that card did. Uh, I did get to copy an expressive iteration with it oh, at least sweet. once. So that's kind of dumb. Like getting to cast, pick, look at six cards for two mana. Right. Pretty silly. 
Um, I didn't get to cast it to cast a, a, a copy of Time Walk with it. That would have been dope. Like, <laughs> just absolutely absurd to cast a Time Walk with it. Um, but yeah, so I played against that. I played against Dredge twice in a row, and Dredge just felt like an awful matchup. Uh, like game one is just a wash. Like you're, you're unless you have like the absolute nut of like multiple death rights and on curve to tr- on your pl- and you're going first. If you're going first and you have multiple death rights to be able to like slow them down, maybe you could win, but it's really hard. Uh, game two, uh, 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 the games I, I lost in post board were I just didn't see um, the sideboard cards I need to see. Like it was basically like, OK, well, I didn't see my tabernacles. I didn't see, uh, you know, a lot of surgical extraction. I didn't see Leyline of the Void. Um, so not seeing those cards made it hard and honestly just like leyline of the void is not quite enough against dredge anymore because they have um cards like force of vigor right and stuff like that so that's really good in those type of decks right so like just having leyline is not not going to win you the game anymore uh so it was it was still fun um yeah i got you need leyline of the void uh probably a surgical trap uh, and a tabernacle like you, you uh, yeah in that format tabernacle but yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah thinking beyond that beyond yeah. vintage you know you may need like relics or surgicals or mm-hmm. you know you need at least i would think like two or three pieces of graveyard hate if graveyard is real good in your format right so and then um round four i can't complain about losing to this um mm-hmm. because uh it was just absolutely hilarious to to lose to uh, and the only reason I lost to it really was because uh, I game th- I won game two, but game three I just like I kept f- I kept flooding out a lot with the deck. Like it was weird. Like the deck only plays nineteen lands, and I just I kept flooding out like hard on some certain. I just kept drawing land where I didn't really want to draw land. I'm like, okay, well this is awful. Uh, but um, my buddy Phil played uh, Esper DRS uh, attractions. With Luris as his companion, so he was playing uh, Deadbeat Deadbeat Attendant. Okay, the two drop that opens an attraction when it enters the battlefield, and um, honestly, like he got really lucky in game three because he um, opened an attraction, and the one he opened ended up uh, ripping off the top was Information Booth, which is the one that draws a card whenever you hit it, uh, and so he drew like three or four cards off of that thing. Okay. Uh, so, because uh, he just he rolled quite well, uh, but he was also playing Esper, which was pretty good because it gave him access to cards like uh, Snapcaster Mage and like Baleful Strix and Swords to Plowshares and Prismatic Ending. Snapcaster uh, Mage. I thought that card was bad. Not quite in Vintage. Uh, and then he was also playing Lee Dress Down. I have to play Vintage to play my Snapcaster Mages. Come on. Now. Yeah. There we go. No. Uh, so yeah, he he was he was playing dress down too. So I think that also yeah. hurt hurt a little bit. But yeah, I just got like game three. I just couldn't get above. I couldn't get on board well enough to be able to have stuff like the game I won. It was just I obliterated his mana base with run and six wasteland loops and Sweet. and just uh, was able to make. I was able to make an elk and like beat in with three threes. For a good portion of the game so yeah it was it was just a good game uh and then i played against rob wilson uh he played um uh, grixis tinker and i beat him on grix on grix with grixis uh, with the deck on grixis tinker uh he it was um 
I got to actually, for the first time the entire day, <laughs> I got to actually resolve and use Minsk and Boo. Because hmm. uh, I was playing two Minsk and Boo. Okay. And uh, I finally got to actually resolve Minsk and Boo and actually cast and use Minsk and Boo. And game three was the game where uh, I played a collector oof on curve because uh, Tinker plays a lot, plays so much artifact mana. Right. And so I played a collector oof on, on curve and they had a Ragavan. And so the Ragavan just did nothing. And then I kept using Ren and Six Wasteland loops to... Uh, Wait, why, why did the Ragavan do nothing? Because of collector oof. Well, yeah, but they could just attack with the Ragavan, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, then you get a treasure that does nothing. Well, sure, but they're at least taking cards from the top of your library. It, it didn't matter. It never mattered oh, at all. all right. Yeah, it literally never mattered. Every card is a banger in the deck. All right. Uh, so, that's yeah. fair. And when they I, have when they have no lands, yeah, <laughs> that oh. was the thing. They had no lands. Yeah, you know, I kept wastelanding them with uh with Ren and Six loot. Okay, so I just kept uh, wastelanding at Ren and Six, and they just had no lands, so they couldn't cast any of the things in their hand. Right, and so I was like, all right, well, you know, blah. So I um eventually got to a point where like I made a a Minskimbu and put a token into play and used that as a blocker, uh, and then that was the turn he couldn't attack. And then I attacked with uh, Boo on the following turn. Mm-hmm. He still had no lands. Uh, attack, with, attack with Boo on the following turn. Uh, he didn't block. So then I used Minsk and Boo's not minus two to sack Boo yeah. and kill his Ragavan uh, and draw four cards. And then I played a Narset. <laughs> it was just absolutely brutal. Like it was, it was, it was well, like. Wait, Narset's not banned in Legacy. It's it's restricted in vintage though. I know. <laughs> like that's a card you absolutely play as part of your restricted um thing. But um I got to cast a lot of expressive iteration yesterday. Uh it just, good. just reminds me of how just absolutely dumb and broken that card is. And Rob and I were talking about it. I was just like, you know, it's really weird how innocuous this card looks until you cast it and actually play with it. Mm-hmm. And then you realize just how absolutely busted it is. And he's like, Yeah, he goes, It's it's pretty dumb. Like they, <laughs> but, they tweak telling time just a little bit and suddenly it's busted. Right. It, it kind of shows like how gross telling time was back in the day and right it's, it's a powerful spell on its own but yeah uh, yeah the, the the difference between telling time and expressive iteration isn't much but it's just enough to make that card just the all-star it is yeah and, it, and it's it, uncommon yeah. an uncommon powerful card that's yeah. crazy it, it's absolutely absurd and that's healthy magic though uh, you think about yeah it. Uh, yeah kind of but it's not like it's just I, kinda, I get it, but it's kind of too busted. Like, right? Not it, for it, vintage, it, not for vintage, but it's it's certainly it's certainly right. good there still. Like, it's don't get me wrong, it's certainly still very good. Like, it, you're... if it was a rare, do you think that people would have asked for it to be banned? By? Like, more so than what they have? No, I if think, but rare. but if, yeah, if it was a rare, like it would probably be like what five or ten dollars at least, if not more. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say probably five or ten dollars. Yeah, because uh, it's uh, four of in every is non non Karuga Omnath deck and modern uh, four of and obviously the is it Merktide decks in both modern and legacy right right uh, four of in the Grixic Shadow deck and uh, in modern so yeah it's, it's yeah. got uses I I, w- I would play this deck again um, okay. I think it's I think it's fun I I would I would definitely play this deck again I I think it's better when 
there's not a lot of dredge running around. I think it was just bad luck for me to run into dredge twice in a row. Uh, but it's a TSI, so like you can't even really apply normal metagame metrics to a TSI. It always ends up being kind of weird. Right, you all uh, are just gathering mostly for the the camaraderie and the fun. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, to kind of to so I ended up playing. Like I said, I ended up placing 18th. Um, I ended up picking up uh Jake Hilty's prize that he put in, uh, which included a the borderless non-foil Kappa Cannoneer. Uh, nice. The foil. I'm trying to think what version of that soul ring that is. It's a foil soul ring. Is that the? It looks like um, that. Oh, there it is. I see it. Is it's, it like a secret layer? It's no. It's the Love Your LGS one. It's oh the, oh it's yeah, the, board, the, the yeah, promo one. From, yeah, it's, it's the old bordered foil secret layer. Was that was that during the pandemic? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, the old bordered foil bolus citadel. Yeah, just pretty cool. Uh, a foil Commander Legends uh, mana confluence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and that's spicy. And a non-foil lit, not cold snap list, because it's got the little planeswalker symbol on it. Oh, but, okay. the, the list copy of Dark Depths. Uh, and and oh, that that well, that wasn't a whole prize. I just posted the cards. I didn't post the um the game. Uh, because Jake always brings like a card game slash board game or whatever for his prizes. Usually, yeah. it's a card game. Uh, so he got me this game. He found this game is called a Hinamikoji. Okay. Uh, and it's like a it's a weird like uh card game where it's like about like geishas and stuff like that. So like you're is supposed it, to like is it feeding into your inner weeb? It it looked interesting honestly, <laughs> and usually usually Jake has like that's cool re- though really cool stuff he throws in there. So um I finally found an opportunity to do something with the um the set of ten uh Ravnica crews. That I that okay. I had that I have the the uh, the original uh, printing foil versions that I was trying to figure out what to do with. Yeah. So that's what I put in as my prize was those. Oh neat. Uh, oh, because... so you, you can have more than one card. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Prizes can be do whatever. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, they um. So like I put in like yeah the my set of the the ten original printing carus foil carus from Ravnica. Okay. A block in there. Uh, cause I, I have all the, the borderless foil ones for right. my cube. So I was trying to figure out what to do with those. And those, and I realized very quickly, all of those are, all those original ones are like five to $6 a piece. Right. So yeah, you <laughs> multiple price pools. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. Uh, yeah, but, I bet but, someone's pretty happy with those. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, there was always, there were some cool prizes though. Uh, like, uh, Raja's prize looked nuts like he had a whole bunch of stuff but uh he also had um a mark pool uh foil secret lair oh wow so in his as part of his so yeah like that looked kind of nuts um and uh of course like you know it's a tsi so like usually there's a bottle of alcohol involved in the pricing as well <laughs> like at least there were at least two Why or three bottles, there be? two or three bottles of alcohol um so that's that's fun uh there was a there was a booster box of masters 25 mm-hmm. in there uh there was a set booster box of uh commander legends wow uh no not commander legends uh commander legend uh Bal- battle for Baldur's gate sorry uh okay yeah, yeah it was a says yeah so uh i sat down with eric caffrey who ended up getting that and we were I was kind of helping him with understanding cards and stuff like that because he was they were sitting there opening packs to try and figure out what they had 
And uh, I think the most expensive thing they ended up pulling out of the box was um, he pulled an ancient silver dragon, uh, which is like a $20 card. Not bad. Yeah. So, but he pulled a bunch of like etched foil stuff. Like there was an etched foil, he pulled an etched foil Miriam, hmm. uh, which is the, the rug dragon. Okay. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, so it's the. Um, was that oh, from Invasion? No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Mir- no. Miriam, Miriam Sentinel, Sentinel Worm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. From uh, from Adventures in uh, Forgotten Realms. No, no, that one's from Commander Legends: Battle for Baldur's Gate. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, that's, <laughs> I that's, knew it was D <laughs> That's the dumb. That's the dumb, stupid dragon commander. That's kind of broken. Yeah, I'm. Like, well, when I was figuring out what uh, commander decks I want to build, I'm like, all right, I do want to build a, a dragon deck, right? I want to have, <laughs> I want to have decks based on color combination, and I want to have some tribal decks. Oh no! I said the tribal word. Oh god, that one. Um, that one is. But yeah, that one. I'm like, well, I don't want to build a five color dragon deck because everybody knows that, right? I'm like, yeah. what's out there? And I'm but, like, oh, and I can play Sarkin with this too because I, I like Sarkin and Miram yeah. is Miram is absolutely one of the most stupidest, most oppressive dragon commanders that exists, honestly. And it's great. It is obnoxious. Yeah. How good. How what's, good that deck is! Like what's crazy is it allows you to also use dragons that normally aren't colors you think about when you think of dragons, green and blue. Right. Like you think of dragons, your first thought is obviously red. Right. There might but, be there might be some black ones. Uh, Kokusho comes to mind, right? What do you what do you you get? Um, so you get uh like the soul like the ancient dragons, which is just absolutely absurd. Like you yeah, get, from that same set, yeah, a- ancient silver dragon and like ancient copper dragon. Yeah, is just God, <laughs> so so busted. Uh, but then you get like, um, what is it? Astral Dragon is also mm-hmm. kind of stupid. The one that makes uh non makes po- it makes copies of non creature permanents that also yep. are are dragons. Um, then you get um just all the like the really dumb like uh extra dragons. Like there's just stuff like um Terror of the Peaks and. Um, like Thunderbreak region. Uh, oh, oh, it's Ganax. Ganax is also a really stupid one. Uh, Ganax Astral Hunter from Commander Legends. The whenever it or another dragon enters the battlefield and culture control, you credit treasure token. Uh, also, uh, Niv Mizzet. Yes, <laughs> like, just yeah. making Scourge of Alcus. Uh, yeah, that's that's ugh. like what is like this this yeah this card is stupid. Like, and what's crazy is like. One of the things with Commander, at least recently in recent years, is that there's this, I don't want to say consensus, but there's this desire to drop the curve on your builds. And usually when you think of dragons, oh, everything's like four, five, six, seven mana, right? Well, with the advent of treasure tokens and uh, all sorts, there's more ramp spells now, especially in uh, colors involving blue and uh, green. So you're able to get to the main requirement quicker to play these giant dragons, which then make copies. And then sometimes those copies make copies or whatever. It, it, it yeah. does. It doesn't help either though, that like they also created like a whole cycle of mana rocks that are dragon specific in that same set, mm-hmm. uh, which are the, the dragon kind orbs. Right. Uh, like those are all kind of dumb. And obviously it, like it's commander. So you get soul ring. Right. Which thematically in D and D those dragon orbs do kind of fit. Right. Uh, I see uh, quite often in those decks uh, cards like Panharmonicon and like uh, Parallel Lives. Yeah. Uh, so that you can, you know, make copies. There's also cards that usually like I've seen cards like Ghost. I've even seen Ghostly Flicker. 
uh in that deck like to where like you can like ghostly flicker uh one of your dragons or whatever to make another copy of it because it makes non-legendary copies of things so it's just like pure value to create uh to make copies of cards like nizmizet and she yeah. uh kega the tide star and yeah sadly <laughs> i don't have the deck built yet but that is one of the ones i've been uh, looking at finishing yeah that card is dumb and and on top of all that the um the commander itself has ward too like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but, on to- top of all but wait there's more yeah uh, ward, so, yeah ward that, is such a silly ability the edge foil looked pretty good though uh the yeah. one he pulled looked pretty sweet so i was yeah, I was, yeah. As, as much as i've uh had my concerns about that product um that that card kind of stands out it's like you know what eh, it's not that bad that that card it's fine yeah just a little the rest bit, of the but... set yeah i mean everything else in that set's kind of dumb and broken and yeah uh like and we're we're still seeing like the full effects of that that car of that set like on oh sure but and i have a feeling that um phyrexia is gonna kind of be the same way like where it's gonna be like a slow burn on how things work from phyrexia well and that's what's weird it's like if both those sets have more or less the same impact across multiple formats one's beloved one's hated well, right. The reason that the uh, Alpha Baller's Gate set is, is hated so much is because it has the Commander Legends tag on it. So people are thinking, great, they're going to reprint Mana Drain again. Maybe they'll reprint, uh, well, that Jeweled Lotus or whatever. And it's like, mm, uh, no. Right. Uh, and, and granted, I, I get why that tag was used because you want to make sure that the, co- the consumer knows this product is for x right right um and there was really wasn't another name they could use it's not like you know dc could like with dc comics where they slap elseworlds on something so the reader knows okay this isn't tied to the main continuity or continuities i guess um so yeah you kind of have that information up front right the the invested magic player who's wanting to buy a box crack it and sell back to the store for more than they bought it for because capitalism uh so uh you know, that, that that thing happens but so, yeah the, the phyrexia set looks looks sweet i want to get into that too so, so uh as of this weekend so this was the first weekend that we had phyrexia um legal on magic online for uh like the challenge events stuff like that so how crazy has your data been or have you been uh i looked so i'm actually i the um the data sheet for yesterday is not fully done yet because uh, they are waiting on um, the person to go and put in the matchup input data. Sure. Uh, but so far, just like looking at the top, like uh, DN Solver uh, kicking ass again with Blue Painter. Uh, okay. So it's kind of like the eight cast deck, but instead of like Kappa Cannoneer, they're playing uh, Painter cards. So they play, you know, Painter Servant Grindstone uh, alongside Emery and Thought Monitor and Thought Cast and all that fun stuff so uh like a good time no no brand new cards other than haywire might because that card's absurd um do you think that's going to take time because uh rental services and things like that could be too uh although um riddlesmith combo in second place playing three copies of vindictive firestoker hmm. so that's kind of cute that's 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 absolutely adorable um <laughs> blue black reanimator my good old buddy peter vanderham in legacy in legacy wow playing four copies of atraxa grand unifier yeah 
sounds like a real good time. Not only that, his creature base is two grief, four Atraxa, three Archon of Cruelty, and one Gristlebrand. Because <laughs> why not, right? And, and, and I say why not? Yeah, and he's playing uh, four Animate oh. Dead and two, two Dance to the Dead. What, 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 what's his name? His, uh... Mar- Maraxis of NL. That's his Magic Online name? Yeah. All right, yes. It looks like someone else is doing it uh, right now on Twitch. Yeah. Demonic Tutors is playing it as well. So. Uh, Model White Initiative, well, uh, uh, Model White Initiative with uh, one copy of Elishnor and Mother and Machines in the main. Mommy. Yeah. Oh, God. Just gross. Uh, Michael Levine. Uh, Levine. Levine, I wish to say. I think it's Michael Levine uh, playing Black. Uh, Douthy Voidwalker, Shieldred, uh Helm of oh. Obedi- Helm of Obedience, Leyline of the Void, Stompy. Yeah, I've seen yeah. like a mono black type list running around, Ryan, like Lilies and Douthy and Turok. Yeah, you're and not, yeah, you're not just... playing you're not playing Lilies. It's it's Douthy, it's it's Douthy Voidwalker, opposition agent, Shieldred, Karn. Oh, that's the one with Karn. Yeah, okay. Dark Ritual, Thoughtseize, Chrome Mox, Helm of Obedience, Leyline of the Void. Yeah. It's Still. a really, really, really absurd uh deck. Um not seeing any minor misstep yet in this, so that's not that's what I was curious about. I was like curious how many people were going to be trying minor misstep. Keyword uh, blue yes. delver, of course. Uh, uh, depths black black depths playing um, Marilyn and the Morn song. <laughs> okay, sure. Wow, really? one co- one copy of Marilyn and the Morn song. Yeah. Oh, because it combos with opposition agent. <laughs> that's silly. Let's just lock the opponent out of the game. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, Epic beta, Storm. Epic Storm. Beta Black Ritz uh, are uh, not, not bad price if you want to. Uh, another reanimator deck with one copy of Atraxa. Sure. Uh, another reanimator deck with two copies of Atraxa. Some people uh, playing with the numbers, I guess. Cephalo I mean, Bre- Cephalod Breakfast, which is awesome. Does having only one Grizzle brand make sense, though? Yeah. Because uh, you can just search Atraxa. Right? Atraxa is just way better. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can just entomb yeah. for, uh, is it entomb? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can entomb, yeah. 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 Uh, Hammer Time. Stop. Yeah. Hammer Time. I played, time. I played that on Thursday in Modern, uh, Mono White Hammer, and it was okay. Uh, I mean, I, went... I mean, in, in Legacy, you get Mox Opal back, so, you know, that's, so, that's like the thing. So now there are two Mono White decks pushing for the space previously occupied by Death and Taxes. Yeah, unfortunately for Death and Taxes, I haven't seen a I haven't seen a Death and Taxes list do well in, in any event for like yep. a while now. Thanks, Watson. Uh, it, it's definitely initiative. It's just way better. Uh, yeah. r- red painter, uh, four color cascade. Well, no, sorry, rug cascade in in Legacy. Wait, so it's not running Legacy All Star and Savior Leyline Binding? Nope, nope. It's straight rug and no white uh, cards at all. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Brazen Bar or an arrow and a furry. Furry. Uh, let's see. Sneak and show. No attractions. No minor misstep. Hmm. Uh, five color Zenith. So natural order Zenith with Yorion. Uh, playing one copy of Atraxa. Seems great. Two copies of Ephemerate. <laughs> this one Ephemerate and Atraxa. That seems so good. Uh, no minor misstep. How are they getting up? The Green Sun Zenith count to get their tracks up. That's what that's eight mana, right? I mean, well, but they have this one's playing natural order. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're playing natural order. So yeah, that that's right. one way they can cheat attracts into play. Uh yeah, they, yeah. they sack their dried arbor for right. right. Yeah. Uh Blue Red Delver, no copies of Hey, look, Smoke. Oh, hey, wait. I found the first deck at 19th Death Shadow with four Death Shadow, four Delver, four Mercurial Spell Dancer uh, with three Minor Misstep. Okay. Uh, this feels wrong. Uh, and Mercurial Spellbinder, Spell Dancer seems really bad in this deck. Uh, and it's only because there's no bobbles. Like, I feel like the deck to play this with in Legacy is a deck that's playing Dragon's Rage Channeler. You have to play someone that plays Dragon's Rage Channeler and you have to play bobbles. And if you're not copying expressive iteration, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing with your life. Like that's the thing. Like uh, it, and legacy. Copy him to Turok? I yeah, but it's not even playing him to Turok. Well, it's yeah. plays two in the board. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that seems bad. Oh, hey, a death and taxes list. What do you know? We were just talking about it. Twentieth. Hey, what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Playing one copy of Elishnorn, Mother of Machines in the list. I mean, you do regularly get your uh, Aether Vial up to five in those decks. <laughs> because you do want to crank it up to five to put Yorion into play like that. So so, so that is a thing. Uh, four four color control playing Leyland Binding. Yeah. No no minor mishap. Cephalid Breakfast. I love Cephalid Breakfast. That deck is so good. It's so much fun to play. Uh, it, it's popping up everywhere, too. It's mm-hmm. got a really good initiative matchup. Uh, so I think that's like where it's like really pushed, pushed his initiative. It's making, it's good against that deck. It's also like so-so against Delver. So like, it's like 50, 50 versus Delver. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that deck used to be a meme. What? Cephalid breakfast. Yeah. It really wasn't ever a meme. Like it was actually a really good extended deck. Well, well sure. But I yeah. mean, like there was a time, I, I mean, I'm thinking back like death right shaman days. Yeah, where... well, yeah, to be fair, that 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 was because Death Right Shaman's a card that existed. <laughs> like context matters, and I think in that that part, like that, oh, that yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I found a, a Delver list with two minor misstep. Okay. Uh another Delver list with two minor misstep, but I'm not really seeing a whole lot of that card. And I think I'm pretty happy in considering that I was right that, that card's probably not that good. Um I, I just I don't think it's that good at all. Yeah, I I I think we talked about this. If it was, yeah, if it was two or less, oh, it would, no, I, if it, it was would be busted, if it, it was, to, it would have to be two a non-creature spell two or less. I think what we concluded. It, also, if it was uh, counter a spell with, uh, if one or less mana was spent to cast it or something like that, like something, yeah, like because then it would counter like force of will and it would counter like the evoke elementals. And right like that that would be kind of kind of busted uh i mean i did find a uh like a grixisy tempo list or whatever playing four but in hmm. a league but it doesn't seem that good like yeah it, I seems, mean, it seems more like looking at the pilot's name it's arkin it's probably just arkin being a good magic player versus the card actually being good which that's something that i i don't know for sure but it just feels like at times the community doesn't take uh take into account when looking at a deck list oh this has got to be good and it's like are you sure like yeah you, are, you, are, you are do you have sure to... this deck choice is right for john i mean reduke piloted it right you know, like yeah that yeah i mean you do have to take into account like context of like the pilot and right uh stuff like that because there are especially like there are grinders like arcan and stuff like that that just play all the time and and, yeah. and that's the thing like you and i've talked to you about this off uh off recording before like uh, lately, I feel like I've been getting to a point just playing Magic where I can just pick up whatever, feel I piloted it well, maybe make a wrong choice or get a bad matchup, and it's whatever. 
And at that point, it's like, okay, now what do I want to play? And then focus on that instead of worrying about, well, this thing beats that and that beats this and this is <laughs> pushed that out of the format and whatever, right? Like, you know, like I'm to a point now where when I want to get into Pioneer, I maybe don't want to play a quote meta deck. I want to play something that I want to play because I feel that as far as just my execution of playing the game is well enough that I should be able to do well enough with whatever I want to choose. And that's kind of a path I want to go in that format, especially when I'm not really looking to get to the Pro Tour. So uh, Arena Rector Miracles. Uh, I barely uh, knew where, sorry. Esper Arena Rector with uh, one copy of Kaya Intangible Slayer. Wait. What one? What one's that, Kaya? The the new Kaya from Wait, Phyrexia. Hold on, hold on a second, hold on. The one that, oh, that well, has, you're using Arena Rector, okay. The the one that has six 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 loyalty and it has hexproof and seven and costs seven mana. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Nick Fit Joe, there you go. I mean, it's like yeah, it's like failed baleful Strix and Arena Rector and right. uh, brainstorming Cabal Therapy and Dark Ritual and oh. innocent innocent blood. I love it. Speaking now, of... to be fair. This pilot is uh, It Is Unfair, which is uh, Nick Lalo. Okay. And it's a deck that he's well known for having pushed in the past of Arena Rector like miracles. And it's it's or, or basically Arena Rector control, essentially, mm-hmm. is what it boils down. It it it's uh, definitely within his wheelhouse and I love it. Like it's just I think it's nice. great. Like uh, it sounds like the legacy players are kind of letting their hair down a little bit. Oh uh yeah, I mean I think Phyrexia is gonna do that for a little bit. And then I think once right. we get um some of the rest of the cards for like the 40k stuff on there. Right. Uh, I think we'll see some definite interesting changes. Like obviously, you know, we're waiting for like stuff like chaos defiler and uh et cetera, et cetera. Like yeah, there, so, there, there's a lot yet. Yeah. Um you know you mentioned Kaya and I got in a conversation yesterday with someone while I was out shopping for cards. Um so story wise, Tezzard's body has been replaced with uh Dark Steel. Is that correct? Yes. All right, so when they print the Tezzeret card, because you know they're going to have to, Kaya has Hex. Are they going to give Tezzeret Indestructible? Yeah, that would be interesting. I think they should, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Could you imagine if he was a uh, reasonably costed, so not seven mana, uh, (laughs) a reasonably costed Planeswalker, like four mana for a blue-black Tezzeret with Indestructible? Yeah, it might be interesting. He's still my cold-beating heart. So, um... Yeah. Anyway, so, popper? Magic, magic. Yeah, popper. Yeah. So you play popper. I play popper. Um, at the behest of uh, Star City Games Legacy Classic, uh, July 2015 champion Adam Anir, your friend and mine. I messed that up somewhere. You know uh, that. Hashtag, you, you, blame you, Adam. You, you you do know that that was like ages ago, right? <laughs> eight, eight years ago, dude. Eight, eight, eight years ago. Speaking eight, of eight, speaking of ages ago, real quick side note: Do you know what was five years ago today? Hmm. Five years ago. So set this up. Long time ago, a, uh, a a local grinder concerned about the state of one of his favorite decks and the fact that one of his favorite cards was currently unable to be played. Uh, made three Christmas cards and sent them to Wizards of Scott asking for Blood Bright <laughs> Elf to be taken off the shelf. And five years ago today, that that boy got his Christmas. Uh, and I was happy. And then I realized that Jace was unbanned at the same time and my head exploded. Uh, right now, Jace is the only one seen playing modern Wobble. Is it really? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not. 
But like, remember a year ago when, when Kamigawa Neon Dynasty was out, it was all the rage. And Jace was somehow yeeted from the blue-eyed control deck, wondering if we're so good, pushing Jace out, blah, 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 blah. Well, look where we are now. So like, I get like the excitement for new cards, but um, pump, pump the brakes. Like you don't necessarily need to rush out and buy all the cards and test them. You can just keep your deck as is and wait and be patient. Just execute your plays well. And next thing you know, oh, wait, Wondering Emperor now no longer in blue-eyed control. Jace has reclaimed his spot. So, but anyway, enough about modern stuff. Uh, Popper, uh, where it, it was it was weird playing it because I haven't played that format in, in any type of tournament level, regardless if it's just a $5 tournament mm-hmm. uh, in like five years. So it was like getting used to everything, uh, especially when uh, I got... Uh, I got beat down by Thermo Alchemist round one. Good lord, I thought I was playing Arena. Um, I played Affinity, but not like the typical current Affinity decks that were built, but I still went 3 1. Uh, right. 3 1 with the old list, I guess, because it had like uh, Arcbound, Workers, uh, Vault Scourges, stuff like right, that. Right. Had the, um, what was the, the tooth from Mirrodin that gives it plus one? Plus yeah, one, so. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. There were some things in there that were neat, but I, I did miss having Metallic Rebuke. Um, uh, having a, a mana base full of artifact lands was awesome. Yeah. Like, oh my god, tap that! Literally tap that right into my veins. Pun always intended. Uh, but no, I I thought the deck felt great. Uh, we had fifteen players, which was it's pretty, amazing. It's pretty good. Six of them have never played F and M ever. Oh gosh, ever. So the fact that nearly half of the pool were brand new to FNM because of something called Popper, right? That blew my mind, uh, and also led to a lot of people with slow play stuff. It's like, bruh, there, there's no camera. Why are we sweating? Right? Like, you know, just just relax, be cool, play magic. If you mess up, we'll fix it. Like the the stakes can't be lower. Um, right, right. On, on top of this, the place I played at had 36 commander players so right there you have 51 people in the store on top of that they had at least half a dozen just walk-in customers just looking for stuff whether it's cards or games or whatever the store was hopping nice and yeah it, it, it was kind of a, a nice feeling for uh friday night although i got home pretty late um but uh i i played against burn round one got roasted uh lost that played against uh, mono white heroic Mm-hmm. Which they had their own vault scourge, which is weird. That is um, weird. Yeah, played against that uh, round two. Uh, went two zero there. Uh, went two one against Mono Blue Tempo uh, with the fairies and ninjas or whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I went two zero against uh, a Jeskai deck that I think was kind of blinking stuff because it had the Kenku Artificer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It had Stonehorn Dignitary. Uh, although I never saw it, um, and just some other uh, general shenanigans. Uh, Red Elemental Blast from the board was the bee's knees in that matchup because, like, Evoke Mall Drifter, right? Oh, no. yeah. Uh, my turn, uh, and then playing like Frog Mites and Mirror Enforcers for free. So good. Galvanic Blast was legit the MVP. It's like blast you on your end step, untap, attack you, blast you, you're dead. Right. So good. Uh, kind of remind. It kind of reminded me of the days when, with the uh, Affinity or Robots, as I would like to call it, modern, we had Mox Opal, and Mox Opal was 
a card that people didn't like, but they're like, well, it's just an affinity. It's fine. You know, right. It's like, mm, and then things got sideways. But uh, overall, uh, I wouldn't mind playing this format again. Uh, I don't have any decks for yet, as uh, I'm, just, I'm borrowing decks from Adam. He was playing Blue Green Madness and ran into all the slow players. Uh, so he yeah, was, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a good deck right now either in the format. Um. <laughs> uh, well, he he remembers that from back in in the days uh, when he would play uh, when he would draft or yeah uh, back yeah. when I was in standard. Um, yeah, but yeah, like looking at the list, I'm, I'm like, why would he pick? Like, if I if I had those colors, I would pick Turbo Fog, and that's probably yeah. although I hate tears. Turbo um, Fog, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like of the oh, same colors. I, I would pick Turbo Fog, and that's probably tier two. And I hate using the the tier words. Yeah, well, here's a rule Ponza list. He probably should. Turbo Fog is just absolutely absurd. Uh, yeah, but like it was nice just to sit down and play magic and just relax really like there, yeah. there's someone there playing tron with penny sleeves nice it was so no, awesome no, like, no tron you're playing tron with penny sleeves how the f- are you shuffling i just <laughs> my, and thing is he had a pack of extra sleeves next to him in case like he tore it or broke it like, that's that's funny bro let, let me get a 10 out of my out of my wallet and give you some dragon shields right holy, holy shit man that's um, funny so yeah we'll we'll see how it goes uh there have been people that uh i guess adam's been so hyped for this format i don't know why but uh, it is a, it is a fun format like it, it, it is if you have like for someone like me who was entrenched in standard for damn near a decade before modern became a thing and oddly enough, I left standard when it was four color. Now I'm in modern where it's four color. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the thing about uh, that you have to remember about uh, Popper too is it's it, very much more like uh, legacy light. It feels very old school magic where the spells are better than yours. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it's and, very, and it's you're, very you're, legacy. Yeah, you're exchanging one for one. You're you're rarely, if ever, getting two for ones. Right. Uh, but yeah, that someone was playing a blue uh, blue black Demir list, and I'm like, hey, uh, Daddy like that is that is a good deck right now. It was at the one with like Telerian Terror, and, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. really the thing I think. Looking at it now, that's why I think it needed because Gurmag Angler was trying to carry all the weight. Right and now, like, now, now they have both. Smaller. Now they have both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, 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 and why does Telerian Terror have Ward? Too. And on. also, as it turns out, um, unexpected fangs is like actually like a really good card. Uh, that's the uh, one in a black gives a creature a plus one plus one counter and a lifelink counter. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It, it it looks it looks pretty dumb. And a lot of these decks, I'm looking at, and I'm like, huh. Especially with how much overtime I work. Oh, this is under a hundred dollars. Like, if I don't worry about what type of basic land I'm using, right? Uh, yeah. You no. Know, so super affordable for these decks yeah um, it's a pretty it's a pretty affordable format it depends on what you uh what you're playing uh because like obviously there are certain decks like affinity can get up to like you know 60 dollars uh demir control is like an 80 dollars deck yeah like it's it's definitely up there because you have a lot of uh cards like mental note and uh snuff out snuff out really it's it's it, most of it's snuff out so uh, well, like not- snuff out's like a 45 dollar card Right. Not, for, well, not 44, to, 45 dollars for a playset. Sorry. Right. Not not to share his business or whatever. But uh, Adam has our friend Adam has been playing Magic for a long, 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 like regularly for a long, long. long. Uh, he used to hang out with the old uh, Wright State University crew 
and people who played at uh, the old Christopher Club when it was on Dixie Highway, I think, mm-hmm. out there where East Troop and West Troop meet um, in the Hillsdale Shopping Center, for those familiar with Kettering area. Um, but yeah, so he's drafted a lot, like back in the day, a lot. And I was sharing him deck lists. He's like, oh, okay, I'm not sure how much of Demir Control I have left. Next message. Mental notice how much? Hold on. <laughs> uh, and he went through his stuff. He's got, yeah stacks he's like well this is like half of my mental notes and here's like more than a dozen uh had extras of all sorts of uncommons from dark steel like cart clan ironworks uh (laughs) just just all these expensive uncommons like why are these so expensive i'm like commander well Um, uh, mental note is definitely popper well sure sure but uh but yeah he's like i have all the stuff, none of these are rares. I have more than enough at home, like more than a place of these at home still. Here you go, store. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, like... I got rid of a bunch of foil commons and stuff like that that I wasn't I, I wasn't using. That have been stuff I'd cycled out of um, my popper cube. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the, the list on Goldfish now. There's a slivers list for... That, yeah. Just, oh yeah, there it is. I, I think it, I think it's also worth uh noting the effect that uh Phyrexia will have on Popper as oh. well. Uh because of the addition of cards with toxic, toxic. Uh, yeah. and and a lot of the common stuff that proliferates. That is a great segue because uh I normally don't watch a whole lot of magic videos. I'll watch like some of the regulars like Bosch and Roll, Sapphire and Olive. You know, mm-hmm. some of those people are like, oh, this looks like they're having fun. Asian Avenger. I'll check it out, whatever. But uh, our, you know, uh, our magic content creator person, Seth Saffron Olive, had a blue, black, and standard blue, black, toxic list. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like eight creatures and the rest are spells and they all do toxic. I want this. I want this in my life. Give it to me now. Um, so, yeah, when the funds come in, and I can do it. Uh, I, I kind of sounds so weird to say. I may play standard on arena, on arena, not not in person because no one shows up for those. Um, I I, yes. I don't. I, I have no interest in playing standard whatsoever. Well, I, I know, but just the fact that it's like cool. I, I did do this in standard, then like try and take that deck and like, can I do this now? Right, and then see where that goes. And that I think is going to be interesting as this push for pioneer with the RCQs and all the stuff they talked about recently. Uh, on uh, weekly MTG and giving us the whole RCQ schedule for the rest of the year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how standard, which they don't even call it standard anymore. They, they call it Premier when they release a set. That might be one of the reasons no one plays that format. Anyway, um, but yeah, when things start adding into standard and or rotating and people are like, well, I had this deck before, was it Eldraine comes out in, in the fall or whatever. Now, can I take this to Pioneer? And if they if they can do that at an RCQ level and right. then how it goes from there. So that'll be interesting to, to watch and develop and see if maybe some of that trickles to the popper. Cause yeah, a lot of those cards in the uh toxic deck, the blue black toxic deck are popper legal. Anyway. So um outside of uh outside of magic. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think we both got a chance to uh finish the the second season of Legend of Vox Machina. I want more. Uh, Why yeah. do I have to wait for season three? I, I know, right? Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a wild time. I'm looking right. forward to it. Uh, I rolled a 20 on my initiative and won first. <laughs> um, you didn't see it. Um, look, I'm older than you. 
uh, we, we've discussed that a little bit. So I kind of have a head start on a lot of the nostalgia hits mm-hmm. uh, for good or bad. And I born mid seventies, grew up all through the eighties. So I had all that stuff from Shogun Warriors to Hanna-Barbera to Saturday morning cartoons, Transformers, G.I. Joe, He-Man, the switch from Star Wars type uh, from Star Wars type fantasy to uh, sci-fi because people thought Star Wars was sci-fi and it's actually sword and sorcery fantasy. Back to sword and sorcery fantasy with Conan and all that stuff. Da, 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 da. The Dungeons and Dragons cartoon and on and on and on. This show, Legend of Vox Machina, is perfect for someone like myself. Oh, yeah. It hits on all the nostalgia beats. It tells a great story. I can't tell you the last time that a show, as far as a cartoon, has made me laugh and cry and excited and have my imagination run wild like oh that's neat like what what would that character concept look like in game or something like how would that character be built or whatever um Mm -hmm. and just all that stuff all wrapped into one and uh i can't thank you enough for encouraging me to watch it uh because i was hooked from season one episode one and uh, although i don't watch the critical role crew play um Heck, without that, I probably wouldn't have got the, the I can't pronounce it, Tordori or whatever. Tordori? Yeah, yeah, Tordori. Yeah, I bought the Tordori Reborn book, which is essentially oh, hey. just an updated version of that, uh, of the original book. I may have to borrow that sometime. Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty sweet um, as far as just what I, little I flipped through or whatever. Right, right. Um, and it's cool because the original book, which was printed like at the dawn of fifth edition is out of print and it's like well over a hundred dollars. So this book, it kind of has essentially that book and more and kind of fixed some things that maybe didn't work or whatever. But yeah, I, I just, I want to see where it goes and I, I just want season three right now. Uh, Grog is <laughs> my, Grog is my favorite character. Uh, and easily the second best barbarian and uh, ever. Uh, not Thundar comes number one. Sorry, he's just he's got that throne. Where do where do you where do you meet Yasha? Okay, yeah, because uh, then it's Grog, and then after Grog is Bobby. <laughs> uh, then after Bobby is Dave the Barbarian. For those who remember that one, uh, and then after that is the OG uh, Captain Caveman. That's my time. Right. Where do where do you, where do you meet Yasha? Yeah, okay. Yasha, well, y- Yasha's pretty fun. There's an animated uh, trailer, I guess. No, no, there's there's a trailer that is showing like uh, a bunch of like items and like books and stuff like that. And it's got the voiceovers from uh, each of the characters. Oh, okay. Uh, And then it's got um, at the end kind of it kind of centers on like the critical role, the mighty nine, like the script, the the pilot script page. Sure. Whatnot. And uh, yeah, it shows. And then Matt, you know, says, you know, the mighty nine, you know airing soon and stuff like that and okay yeah, that, so, that will probably come before season three of uh i would Black guess so Marvel, i would right? guess so my, i think my get yeah. my understanding is that i think they're going to try and make it so that they do uh vox machina in like uh the winter months and um mighty nine in like the summer month okay uh, uh, to kind of alternate spoiler uh, alert for our uh audio only uh viewers on our podcast here um i love it when uh the axe was being handed to grog and he was speaking to it to see if it spoke back. So <laughs> that's funny. right out of the. Um, that's so funny. That's right out of the um, the the stream. Actually, the stream. yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, that perfect. whole sequence of 
um grog like talking to like kevdak yeah uh and his speech about the herd about the herd and how you know I, I would never thought i'd see the mighty kevdak bend the knee like that's directly out of the stream like absolutely just 100 percent out of out of uh travis's speech and then when he's fighting uh um kevdak and he's about to lose and stuff like that and he goes you know i only have uh, i only have uh you know he he pretends that he's giving up and yeah. he's like, I only have a couple words for you. And he goes, Vox Machina, fuck shit up. And that's his war cry from the from the stream awesome. uh, to, you know, bring Vox Machina into the battle. And uh, there's some there's some play with timeline stuff here yeah. uh, because um, they shifted some things, some events around. Right. Uh, specifically, uh, their journey to the Fey Realm uh, technically didn't happen until after. Uh, they defeat Umbrasil. Oh, okay. uh, so they even got a better leg up uh, in their fight against Umbrasil and against the, the Herd of Storms because uh, Vex has Fentress. Yes. And so we get to see Fentress's uh, 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 awakened state. Because uh, each of the, the vestiges have a kind of what they call a, an awakened state and they have an exalted state. Uh, and so the awakened state of Fentress allows it to use utilize elemental energy and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, the awakened state of the Titan Stone Knuckles allows the the, the wearer to use in large person. You Which know. I thought was sweet because <laughs> poor poor Grog was falling and he's trying to figure out what to do. He's like, "Oh, I'm just going to get bigger." Right, right. <laughs> it's like, um, no, what are you doing? And then, of course, we also got to see the exalted state of the Deathwalker's Ward in uh, by um, Va- uh, Vax using it to uh, create the the Raven Wings. Right, which was uh, awesome because I, I could feel the, I could feel so, this character finally relaxing and coming to terms mm-hmm. with the fact he's been chosen and yes. he understands this. His his character is not pious at all. So this is the point in the campaign where he starts stops taking levels in rogue mm-hmm. and starts taking levels in paladin. Really? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. He, he becomes a rogue. He is a he's a rogue paladin by the end of the. Does he go uh, oath of vengeance or something? Uh, it's it's all tied to the matron. To the, oh, well, yeah, okay. yeah. It's all tied yeah. to the ma- the matron of ravens. Yeah. Right. Which uh, oddly enough, uh, I have been reading more up on the paladin and five E in general, and getting a better understanding that uh, the paladin is not necessarily tied to deities as mm-hmm. it used to be in older editions of Dungeons and Dragons. Where the paladin is more, uh, more like a a fighter warlock hybrid in a way, uh, with divine spell casting as opposed to uh, the cleric who is uh, pious and already devoted to their deity. And, 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 and actually, and actually, you're correct. It was it was it is oath of vengeance. Okay, I, I figured yeah. as much based yes. on the character and uh, yes. the background. Just what. He uh, is what they brought to the table. by the end of the the campaign. He's a uh, rogue thirteen, paladin six, druid one, uh, and that's druid? yeah. That, and that's because um, I think because of Keyleth. Okay. Uh, and uh, also uh, because of Vex, because uh, Vex actually technically has a level of rogue uh, because she wanted to take a level of Laura wanted to take a level of rogue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, because she's uh, oh no, she took several levels. Rogue. She was like Ranger 13, Rogue 7. Okay. Like, <laughs> so because they were all level 20 by the end of the, the end of the campaign. Oh, oh yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah, you yeah. have something like that. And because here's the thing, like I could tell even just from the little bit of the 
stream that I watched, like the first episode or two, that those players, that wasn't the first time that those players have played anything. Like, they, uh, yeah, but they, they're you, as you get through the first campaign, like, right, uh, there's obvious, like, some obvious things. Like, it's obvious that Marisha is not well practiced with, um, a druid. Well, sure. Like, maybe not uh, necessarily. Like yeah. playing D and D, like that may right. be the first. Experience. But I'm just saying, playing as a group together. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the oh, chemistry yeah. They've, is they've already been, there. They've been friends, yeah, for a long time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they they um like like obviously druids are like kind of hard. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're kind of a lot. So yeah, it was a lot for her to to pull together. And there's a lot of like little mistakes here or there. But Marisha's such a good um role player at playing Keyleth as as her character that it doesn't really hardly ever matter. So um, honestly, the nicest thing about the show is getting to see uh, Ashley Johnson play Pike the way that Pike was intended to be played. Oh my God. Uh, Heart just melts dude. Because, because Pike in, in the, in the streams, she's a lot sweeter than she is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Ashley Johnson was in and out of being able to record with them. Yeah. uh, Because she was in the middle of recording a TV series at the same time. So she would get stuck in New York and have to attend either by like Zoom call or like, you know, or like Skype call or whatever. She'd have to you know, attend by Skype or she'd, you know, or should she she be able to make it for an event? Like she'd be there for like uh, one or two streams and then back out. Right. So it was kind of hard for her to really develop her character in the stream. Well, wasn't that, uh, during the first season, she couldn't appear uh, live. She had to appear via Zoom call and they yeah, yeah. did that thing where she was like, in spirit with them in the show to kind of okay, yeah. replicate that, which I thought yeah. was cool. In in the Mighty Nine, they um they adjusted that a lot by kind of making that aloofness and that uh, uh wanderlust kind of part of her character. So it's kind of part of Yasha's character to just kind of like disappear mm-hmm. for a couple days and then show back up. Uh, so because it's just the way Yasha is. Uh, so they kind of developed that until she was able to come back for good. So they was were. She, was she doing? I'm sorry. Was she doing The Last of Us? Is she, that was, why she was she, out. She no. Um, she was filming filming a show called Blind Spot out of New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah this is season one, which was years ago. Sorry. Yeah, I was yeah. She was more recent. Yeah, no. She was still on a show called La, called Blind Spot, and yeah. so yeah, she um she was in and out from she was in New York for the most part, and of course they meet in you know L.A. Right area, you know, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's it's kind of fun. But yeah, they 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 kind of made that part of her character, uh, and okay. and for the Mighty Nine. But because uh, yeah, the Mighty Nine, I'm like eight episodes. I'm like eight. I'm on wait, episode. I'm on episode eight. Wait a minute. Hold on. She was Chrissy Seaver. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. Mind mind blown. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Because she's, she's such a great actress. I love look, her. I love the, her. The, the reason I reacted the way I did folks is the fact that i uh, someone like joe is real connected or more connected than i am to critical role and i'm just like all right yeah there are people playing i i I just i can't get into watching other people play dnd sorry just i try to can't right now i love the cartoon but just i haven't looked into who these people are like what their previous roles have been and her first gig uh as far as tv wise yep was playing Chrissy Seaver on Growing Pains, which yep. I wasn't a big fan of that show, but I it was on the afternoons when I came home from school. She so was I watched. She it. was also in the Avengers movie uh, because she played the waitress, uh, Beth, oh. that Cap saves at, uh, during the Battle of New York. 
Okay, and by yeah. the way, the uh, the deleted scenes should have been added back in because I think they give more weight mm. to uh, that connection. She also um, obviously is the voice of Ellie from The Last of Us. She uh, played so uh, how we know. She played Lisa and Roseanne, which I think yeah. she was a bad influence on one of the girls. If I remember, uh, she was um, Tara in Teen Titans. Okay. So yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, it's she's done a lot. Yeah, she's uh, yeah. she's she's very much a uh, very prolific. And the, but the thing is, when you start looking at their the, all the rest of them and all of their their uh, things, they're all like that. Like they're they're all like accomplished voice actors. Oh yeah, aren't, like are they their, like unionized or something with their? I yeah, I don't know, but yeah, like they they they, they just they are very accomplished voice actors. Like like Laura Bailey has done like tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she's just absolutely fantastic. Um, and then uh, like Travis has also done a bunch of stuff. Like he's you know now he's like you know functionally he's like the guy in charge now travis is like travis is technically the ceo of critical role productions huh. uh because he's oh, wait the, why not matt mercer no i'm just uh because matt mercer is the chief creative officer well yeah yeah um like and, and i don't think that most people i mean obviously most you know people that are critters know it obviously but um like matt mercer and marisha ray are married yeah uh like uh sam regal has been in a million things like he's just absolutely hilarious Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's all. It's all great. Um, yeah, by the way, uh, not sure if people know, but uh, they're going to be making an, an appearance. Maybe not all of them, but some of them are going to be making an appearance, cameo wise, in the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah. So, all you boycotters out there, are you really going to miss the chance to see your your favorite uh, third party creators uh, <laughs> not appear in a movie? Come on now, like, like stop it. Just, just go watch them. so far so far though uh there's been so i'm so like i said i'm, I'm about eight episodes into um into the mighty nine so far uh yeah. into the stream and so far they are it also it's also it's hilarious because like when you go back and you go watch like the first bits of like vox machina mm-hmm. they're obviously higher level at this point like they're still they're higher level like they're higher level even when they're going through the whitestone arc yeah. like so like there's a lot that happens it's like okay well they're higher level they can deal with this kind of you know this kind of battle or this kind of thing uh and the mighty nine they start from level one. Oh, and wow there are a couple ba- battle fights where you're like where they're like level two level two because because <laughs> you're realizing holy crap this is bad for us because we're level two and we're squishy um and uh liam playing a squishy wizard uh just absolutely hilarious uh like just just absolutely bonkers hilarious how squishy he is as a wizard uh because obviously that's they're all like that at that level like at right. the first early levels like early level wizards is like the worst like because they're all like super squishy uh and so like yeah plenty of fights so far where um they uh get uh you know like oh caleb went down <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, or um was it uh jester went jester is like like actually one of the more resilient ones uh but like caleb's gone down molly's got molly goes down quite a bit uh during the course of like the first couple fights like uh now granted molly goes down because uh of what molly's class is molly's a blood hunter 
Okay. Uh, and so he uses uh, his own, like he intentionally damages himself to fuel his spells. Oh, okay. So right, yeah, that yeah. So that's yeah, that's that's the thing. So, okay. um, but it's it's kind of fun. But yeah, it's yeah, that one's that's Talisons is uh, Molly. Molly's Molly's great. Uh, but there's ple- there's so many jokes so far that you could tell became kind of like really bad jokes that kind of like influenced the game. Uh, so far, uh, one of them has been a regular null, <laughs> where like they're like, "Oh, it's a regular null," and they'd be like, "Regular null, <laughs> regular null," as opposed to like you know, and tons of play on words to uh, um, Fjord's name uh, because uh, he pronounces it Ford in the game instead of <laughs> instead of Fjord. And I'm in the the this there's a section where I'm in and where they're they're right before they leave Allfield and start heading up to Zadash. Um, uh, Jester cons, they're, they're all assholes. They're all just absolute assholes. It's so funny. Jester cons, uh, the local, um, I guess the local administrator, I would say it is. It's not like a mayor, but he's like the local administrator of the Dwendalian empire in Allfield. Uh, so he's this like gnome who's kind of an asshole and, uh, she manages to con him into giving forward a letter of recommendation for the academy for the solstress academy uh and because uh he was a frequent customer of her mother's so jester comes from a uh a the the city of nicodranus uh and her mother was a courtesan uh so yes uh, her mother ran like the largest brothel in like the 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 menagerie coast (laughs) and so she recognized him because he was a frequent customer of her mother's and so she tells him about oh, the ruby of the sea says hello and he's like eyes like all color drains from his face as he realizes <laughs> that she knows who he is and so he's like okay fine i'll write a writer letter and she goes what is your name and he goes uh oh it's ford and he goes do you have a surname and sam interjects immediately and goes tough <laughs> for ford tough <laughs> and there's plenty of jokes like they're like it's like oh it's a ho- like, oh we got a horse for our cart and uh, Sam goes is it a Mustang? <laughs> wow, it's so oh, bad. Well, hopefully those beats will be added. Oh man, I'm so I am honestly so excited to see. I, Ka- I'm actually more excited to see Caleb and not more than anything because uh, so far the interconnected relationships between the characters, mm-hmm. Caleb and not has like the most like genuine relationship. Uh, because they were traveling with each other for like about five or six months prior uh, to the beginning of the campaign. Mm-hmm. So they just, yeah, they, and of course, like knots, like a knots, a goblin. So like, but it's just really cute. Like their, their, their relationship is fun. Like he's like, I know like, Oh, you know, we're, we're finally, you know, out of a battle and stuff like that. And I guess like, I'm going to take you to the lar- to, to this bathhouse and you're going to, we're going to, we're going to, have a nice long you know hot bath and they have like a, an adjoining bathroom where like you know there's a wall you know separating the two baths or whatever mm-hmm. and caleb's like i'm gonna sit in the bath and read and not like i'm gonna dip my toes in and then i'm not going to get in <laughs> and, and i'm gonna look for stuff to steal <laughs> and, and matt's describing well there's a vase and some flowers in the vase and he's like he's like i take the vase and the flowers and he goes there's nobody watching you you don't even have to make a sleight of hand check for that uh and then he's like he's like what about the doorknob is the doorknob uh like good looking he's like what's a brass doorknob he's i'm gonna steal the doorknob 
<laughs> and he's like, okay, roll like with your for your thieves tools. And uh, you know, and he manages to roll high enough that he pops the doorknob off quietly and quickly and puts it in his bag. <laughs> puts it puts puts it in her bag. And she's just like, Is there anything else? And he's like, Nope, nothing else. <laughs> like you stole it all. <laughs> like, oh my god. Speaking of campaigns and just other non-magic-related stuff. So, as you know, it's been about a year since I actually got to play D&D. Well, really, DM D&D. And last week, did it. Got everybody together. Like, all right, here, here's what's going on. They're like, yeah, I don't even remember what happened last time. We can start over. I started over. But everybody kept their, they were level two. So, right. Kept, kept them at their current levels, whatever. Level two. Um, level two. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully level three soon. Um, and we'll only be playing once a month for about three to four hours. Right. So I uh, got everybody together and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go ahead and start over. And I started them through the Sunless Citadel. And uh, what was great, I mean, outside the fact that the dogs behaved and everybody was together and we all played, was the fact that for... The first time in I don't know how long, I didn't have to worry about wondering what the rules were. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there are many board games I play that I'm just, I'm not familiar with because I don't play a lot of board games. So I'm, I'm learning them as I play. And then once it's done, memory retention doesn't work and that information is gone. Um, or playing something like Euchre, because uh, lo and behold, my wife is way more competitive at playing a card game than I am. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, trying to make the best and optimal play to win. So, like, sure, it's fun to sit down with family and we're playing Euchre, great. But here, uh, I was like, all right, well, I've, I'm familiar with what to do in this campaign, but I don't have to necessarily go, quote, buy the book. Right. So I just kind of told them, well, you're going here for this. Cool party splits up so i'm like great all right well let's tackle where this person's let's tackle where that person's going mm-hmm. and like my wife is playing a half orc barbarian so fuck these people i'm just gonna sit outside what do i see and so i inserted into the town of oakhurst i didn't even change the names of the towns i just plopped it in wherever because it doesn't matter right right uh and i'm like and i described to her a statue of uh arabeth uh tarandal or whatever from the neverwinter nights video series i just added in just because right and it just felt so good to be able to just kind of just off the cuff ad lib right and and do stuff uh they got us i was able to get them into the citadel uh and get them to a point where i knew they would stop the last thing they did was they met meepo uh and i got the the role play the sniveling kobold who was afraid of everything Mm -hmm. and was upset that he lost their white dragon and uh kind of uh uh, fearful of the punishment that's about to come to him and so now they're on the way the next thing we gather is they'll be meeting the cobalt leader and how they will react it's like oh wait these cobalts fucking worship Tiamat. they're evil but they're not attacking us but we're in their home and they want us to help them fight find and fight the goblins and get their dragon back fuck what do we do you know right. putting them in that scenario where it's like they're evil but they're just you, you've known through what you've traveled through and adventured so far, they're not responsible for anything. They're just here. Right. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how they do that. And because it went off, I don't want to say without a hitch, because uh, all the cleaning and shit beforehand, but I now know what to prepare for mm-hmm. and will be better equipped going into session two. Right. Uh, and then go forward from there. 
man, there's no meta involved. There's no deckless dumps. There's no nothing. It's so great. And I see that you have the campaign case terrain. Um, I looked. I looked at that. Uh, for yeah, for our our viewers at home, Joe is showing the. Is Joe is showing the. Pretty huge. It is huge. Have you opened it yet? Not yet. I'm going to. Okay. Because I I think like they're like what pre-painted tiles. Oh yeah, there's a lot in there. But there's like stickers you put on stuff to indicate like where the tree is or whatever. Right, and I've got um wait stickers. uh, Was this Infinity? And I've got the creature one too. So yeah, Nat Natmos of Team Sirius hooked me up. They're they're like they're stickers you can uh, take off and put back on. Yeah, yeah, yep. I don't know how many uses you'll be able to get out of that. We'll see. Yeah, so but they'll, no, be, that, they'll be they'll be useful. Like I'm, I mean, I, I was joking with that. I says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to use them for like a Pathfinder game." He's like, "Oh, you're going to use D and D stuff for a Pathfinder?" He's like, "It's like doesn't really matter." <laughs> he was it just does. giving me. He was just giving me crap. He was just like, yeah. "But yeah, yeah." So yeah, it's it looks fun though. It looks. Yeah. He posted he posted them and he said, "I don't need these." And I was like, "Do you want anything for them?" And he was like, "Um, he's like, yeah." He goes, "I'll just bring them with me to the TSI and you can have them." I was like, nice. "Okay, okay." Like, you don't have to do that. Like, he's like, nah, he goes, I'm not going to use them. And he goes, and if you're going to use them, he goes, then they get you. I'm right. Like, okay. Exactly. That's, that's fair. Yeah. And yeah. as I understand the hand ringing about the OGL and all that stuff happened over the last month, month and a half, really, it feels like the Inferno crossover from uh, the X-Men comic book. It's still happening. Um, you know, it, but that, to me, that's what the community should focus on. It's like, you know what? I've played. I'm not playing anymore. Here you have this thing so you can play and keep it going pass it on and that 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 to me is what when right. i think of community that is what i think of not let's all make a avengers endgame meme to go after watsy like come on get at it so anyways all right well we should probably uh get get going here yeah uh, yeah we're yeah i'll I'm, i forgot to mention that this is our uh super not really a bowl uh a special episode of the it, it's, it's the superb owl yeah the, the, <laughs> the superb roman numerals or whatever the, super, uh, the superb owl yeah sorry we did not have a halftime performance yeah. or a bunch of advertisements yeah. uh, for things that you can't buy because the place that sells them are closed uh because that that's a great way to place an advertisement is when people can go buy it um so but right. i hope you enjoyed please save on your favorite podcast providers uh, get notifications, ring the bells, all that stuff. That way you know when we record next. And start telling everybody where you're from and what we're on the internet. Me? Yeah. Why? So they can cancel me? Yes. Okay, fine. Uh, you can find me at MTG Pack Foils on Twitter. Uh, no, no, nothing new for me yet uh, outside of just tweets and memes. Although I may want to do a meme series soon. <laughs> However, if you want to read actual content, not memes, Joe, where, where can they find your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at VorethXP. You can find the cast at the Astrolab cast, the Astrolab podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find me every Tuesday and every Thursday on MTG Goldfish uh, with uh, this week in Legacy and Vintage 101. Uh, I got to use my my map more yesterday uh, for uh, every match I played my my Goldfish play mat. And just I love it so much. <laughs> it's, nice. so, it's so gorgeous. So, Did people uh, make the connection? Uh, most of the people are there, uh, and part of this team serious group know who I am. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. There's you a, there, yeah. You didn't have a, that moment, like you know, I read this guy's articles on Goldfish. No, no, no. They, oh, okay. they most mostly everybody there knows who I am. Cool. I, I've been to past TSIs. And, um, 
and stuff. So like mostly everybody knows who I am. The word's out about you, man. You can't yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only uh, awkward thing, and uh, I, I got to see if, cause, cause Rob, Rob Wilson was there too. Okay. Uh, but I got to see if Rob can drop by uh, Hazard's place uh, to pick up my, my sign card for oh. uh, the event because I left it there. Oh no! On accident, so because uh, basically it was like either they had a pile of cards you could pick from, or you could just like put in one of your own. And ever uh, of course, like the way it works is you know that gets stamped and everybody signs the cards. That's just it's a very old school thing to do, sure. Because old school events do that quite a bit. Uh, so basically, like yeah, there's a bunch of cards and everybody signs every card or whatever, and that's kind of like your keepsake from the event. Uh, so I was like, well, I was like, I don't really want any of the cards that are in the pile here. So I pulled out my um, German. Uh, circle protection red uh that i have and i put that in there and i just i left it there but matt matt was like it's still here at the house i'm like okay well maybe i'll ask rob because rob's in that area like if he could stop by and i'll just pick it up from him from the buffalo chicken dip event nice so um we did do streaming yesterday though oh, uh so the only uh, thing i saw a picture of that yeah matt um, um rob brought his stuff uh and uh put put games on stream so yeah that was kind of fun to have too we had kind of a section set aside for feature match so that um yeah that we could have people on stream so that was kind of cool um but uh yeah it was it was fun we had a good time shoots crease gingen rot i probably butchered that Uh, i was looking for the german uh translation for comp red (laughs) uh not accurate it, it looks funny to say but i don't think that's accurate yeah, I don't know. I was looking at Scryfall. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what it shows. Oh, well. I'd have to look at my picture and see what it says on the the one yeah. on the picture. Like, I, I don't remember because I don't have it in front of me. My Mine says Rotor uh, Schuss Chris. Huh. So. Maybe it's a different language. But, but, it, but it's also like an older printing of it. Ah, uh, that could be it too. Yeah, it's the, um, let me find it here. It's it's a foreign, uh, it's a foreign blackboarded. Ah, uh, okay. Like, uh, yeah, it's a foreign blackboarded one. Oh yeah, looking at the picture of it, yeah, it's definitely uh a, a bit different. Yeah, maybe so, it's yeah. more slang than literal word for word translation, probably. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Language is weird. English is weird. Yeah. You know what else so, is weird? Uh, the, the Astrolab podcast. We're yes, weird. yes, it is. All right. Well, <laughs> let's 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 get going. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you guys sometime in the future. All right. Bye.